Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Wade Galt, author of Put Your Money Where Your Soul Is and founder of the Three-Day Weekend Club. Wade helps people create time, income, and the freedom to fully enjoy their life. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of taking time to enjoy life, attracting and filtering ideal clients, the best way to start profitably delegating tasks, and creating a sustainable three-day weekend lifestyle. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Wade. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. I love your energy and I'm very excited. to. Thank you so much. Not only do I love your energy, but I love your lifestyle. I love your commitment to the lifestyle as well. Guys, just before we started the show, Wade was just telling me how his wife enjoys a four-day weekend and who doesn't want a four-day weekend or a three-day weekend? So we'll just start with that, right? But sure. yes, but sometimes that can seem impossible. And that is because a lot of times we're attracting the wrong ideal clients. So Wade, what can you tell us as far as what we can do to attract the right ideal client? I think a lot of it, Brittany, starts out with a decision that comes a little bit before that, which is just a basic concept, but it's very important to get it. And it is a basic decision that you are more important than your work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're more, more important than your clients. We're all here. We're all, all have our equal value in that sort of, you know, metaphysical way, but that your lifestyle, your family, your loved ones, your journey is more important than any one particular client than any one particular type of work you do. Most of the people we ask when we say, you know, what are the most memorable and powerful things that have happened in your life? Usually at least 80% of them have happened outside of work. And that doesn't mean work cannot be awesome. Work can be awesome. It can be fulfilling. We can make a huge impact. But most of our biggest memories happen outside of work. And so if we start with the basic idea that, okay, life outside of work needs to come first. So planning my even two-day weekend, my one-day week is more important to a certain degree than the other work days. And having that understanding that whatever time I have, I'm going to be present with that. I'm going to be present with the people I'm with the activities I have. And so now when you then come to who is or who are the clients I'm working with, somebody who's wasting your time and keeping you from getting to your mm. weekend, again, one day, two day, three day, whatever it is, you start taking that a little more personally because now you realize what's at stake. I'm missing out on time with whoever it might be. And this is something that when parents have children that are, let's say, under 10 even more so, it becomes very apparent to them because the child is literally saying, why can't you spend more time with me? Or I, I miss you or because they're so not yet fully at the point where either they're moving on to exploring the world themselves or they just have left the nest. 
So for some people, that's very present. But for other people, I have a lot of friends that are either single or they have no kids or they're empty nesters and say, Wade, you know what? I love my work and I just love doing it you know, all the time. I say, great. If there's no distinction between personal life and work life, then it all melds together. It's not that you drop your standards per se, but you get less precise with what you want from life. And this is not about being whiny. It's not about being petulant. It's about saying, look, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to contribute, but I also want some certain things. And so the people I work with are going to be, and and this is, I'll just call this aspirations because it gets really difficult when you start saying people who are less evolved than I am or more evolved than I am, because there's so many different ways we can measure that, but just simply saying there are some people that have aspirations that they want a life that's either similar to yours, or it's perhaps even they're aspiring for something perhaps even better, or they're more open-minded. They're more willing to receive abundance, to flow with life, to whatever you want to call that. And there are other people that are maybe a little more afraid of life. They're more looking to keep things as they are. They're more fear-based. And again, there's nothing wrong with them. Gladly, in a genuine way, hope that they evolve. And because there's people who are looking, quote unquote, down evolutionarily at me saying, gosh, I hope he evolves someday. So that's Mm -hmm. fine. But overall saying, look, I want to be surrounded by people who are either bringing me up or at least not bringing me down. And yes, some people will be, let's say, a small level, quote unquote, below me aspirationally. And hopefully those are the ones that I'm inspiring. Those were the people that are coming to me and saying, wait, I want to work with you because the people, quote unquote, above me. And again, it gets weird because we don't want to rate people. But entrepreneurially, there are people that make more money than me and people that make less. There are people that impact more people than me and people that impact less. In that sense, we want to be looking for people that are either right around our area or above. And the people that are well below and they're committed to staying there. Mm. I just, I don't think you're going to change them. It's not been my experience that you can change people. Uh, As I like to joke, I've got a master's degree in psych, married to a wonderful woman, have two kids and a dog, and I can't get the dog to poop where I want. So if I can't do that, (laughs) changing people, it's probably not happening anytime. Without a doubt. So that's a really interesting concept. Basically, you attract clients or customers who don't drain you and who, who basically help feed energy into you and your needs and help supply what you need versus just looking at, okay, I want to get this client and that client. And they may be just energy drainers or suckers, but basically you're saying, find something that works for your lifestyle, find people who work within your lifestyle. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And just think of even the basic concept of the saying, every bread has its butter. Some people will say, I don't like certain activities. So certain activities will energize me. And if somebody says, Wade, let's do these other activities that don't energize me. I'm not judging them. I'm not knocking them. I don't have to criticize them. I don't have to make them wrong, but it doesn't move me. It doesn't stir me. And chances are, I'm not going to really vibe with the people that are in that area. Whereas when I meet the people that are vibing with or pursuing or aspiring to be or do similar things as I, then it makes it easier. Okay, we're on a similar path. And again, it's if you put judgment, it actually gets harder. If you try to make yourself better than, or you get sour grapes, or they're not, those people making more money than me, they're just really, they're selfish, or they're cheating, or the people making less money than me, they're losers. Any of that's just going to take you, it's going to, you're going to be caught in this whole proving and who's right and who's wrong. Don't need any of that. Just to say, look, there are certain people that if I say to them, hey, we're going to do such and such, and we start working together in a group, if I had 10 people in a room, three to five of them, we're just going to like work together really well. And then another three to four or five, they're just going to look at us like, what are y'all doing? Or they don't fit. They don't. And we could force it if we had to, if we had to survive. Hmm. But why? 
because right. maybe they just even have a different style that's you know more flows with them so again it's a lot of it the judgment will slow you down tremendously as opposed to just saying hey i flow with these people i vibe with these people and more importantly they vibe with what i'm doing so i have a lot of people who said to me wait i don't get the three-day weekend thing i think it's stupid i think you're a wuss i think you don't want to work and yeah, the closest answer I can think of is the, uh, the old Wayne Dyer. You're right about that. Or right. you might be right. Or like, sure, dude. Okay. Because they're obviously not the people that are on the same vibe as me. There's over seven and a half billion people on the planet. I don't need to vibe with everybody. And it's really interesting that you make that point because studies show that money really can't buy happiness. And as a matter of fact, there's a popular show that's out there called The Squid Game. And I think it's one of the most popular Netflix shows and ever. And it's where people literally are chancing their life for money. And if they don't win it all, they lose it all. So why do so many financially rich people fail to make time to enjoy life? And how can we align our lives to our values so we can live our best life? That's a great question. And so there's a few reasons that I found, and there's different levels of almost heaviness, if you will, on a very light level. Some people just haven't thought of it. So I have a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur, very talented. She's been an entrepreneur for 10 years. And we did a podcast interview and she said, Wade, I just never saw time off as one of the variables. Hmm. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm, but I was always just looking to make more money. And for a lot of people, by the way, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur, the real sort of, not shortcut, but the, the key to seeing it is to say, okay, I want to negotiate for more than just more money. I also want to negotiate for free time. And that can look a lot of different ways because most of us, at some point, we made a lower dollar amount per hour. Let's say we're an employee and we expect that over time, we're going to make more, assuming we do our job well. And we pretty much demand that. If the person won't do that, well, we're going to leave and we're going to move on. And so we're only focused on the one dimension of the financial, maybe sometimes the benefits, but we leave out the time part. Whereas if we simply said something like, for this next raise, I'm gonna focus more on seeing how I can get more free time. Now, 20 plus years ago, I tried doing this and the world wasn't ready for it. Right. Now there's so many more flexible agreements, there's freelancing, there's all these different things. So whether you're a freelancer, a side hustler, an employee, all of these things come down to results. So even the whole work from home debate is about, will the employee get results when they're at home or will they mess around and not get results? But if they get results, the employers actually you're saving me overhead and you're working from home and you're getting the results awesome so it's about first of all just saying okay that's you know it's a possibility even just the awareness the second reason why some people don't do it is they're afraid of what they'll lose because they've gotten used to they've gotten comfortable with their toys their gadgets their whatever is comfortable and they don't want to give that up it's really just a question of what is it that's so important to you it might be or it might not be so you might say there's certain things. So I'd say, well, literally look at your budget and even something as simple as, well, you know what, wait, I don't go to the gym that much anymore. Okay, I'll cut that membership or I don't need every cable TV channel every single month. So I'll cut the cord and I'll do the Netflix here and there or the Hulu here and there or whatever it might be. So some of it can be very practical, but it's based on the understanding that every time you spend money, you're really spending your time because you have to have made mm. that money in, in some way. So every time you waste money, you literally, if you wasted 500 bucks, however much time it took you to earn that money, even something is basic, even if you say, wait, you know what? Yeah, your stuff makes sense, but I still want to party. I want to have fun. Great. We'll do what some of us did in college. Have a couple beers 
on, on the cheap side, before you go to the bar and drop $15 or $10 beer, you know, I mean, it, it can even be that practical. It doesn't have to, so there doesn't have to be a moral judgment to it, but just saying, what is it that I understand I need to earn financially? And do I really have to have everything I'm currently investing in? Because if I can reduce my expenses, it's now very possible that I could reduce the number of hours I need to pay for those. And again, before it wasn't the case, it was, hey, you got to work 40 hours no matter what. Great. So I only need 40,000. I'm in a job. I'm making 60,000, which is great. So you know what? I'm going to live it up on the weekends and I'm going to spend all that money because I hate my job. Well, right. now that shifted. <laughs> right. And then the third reason, which is in some ways the toughest is a combination of either there's a lack of creativity, like they literally can't think of something better to do on the weekend or even worse life outside of work is painful. Mm. So bad relationship, bad marriage, just not happy. And you say, would you like more of that? Well, heck no. I want to hide in my work. I want to, as Brene Brown might say, I want to numb myself with just activity. And it might not even be a drug. It might not be alcohol. It might be something that I get positive feedback for. Oh, you're making more and more money. Great. And again, money's awesome. When done right, money means you serve people really well. They acknowledge it and they paid you. So all about making money honorably and helping people but there's a certain point when it goes beyond that. And I know when I ask somebody, what is the dollar income they're, that they're aiming for this year? When I hear as much as possible, that's pretty much the addict's answer. Because mm -hmm. what does that mean? As much as possible, as much cake as possible, as much anything as possible. No, I need, wait, I need 250,000, 500,000, a million, 50,000, whatever the number is, because that would mean I could do blah, blah, blah. That right. means that person's at least connected with what that means as opposed to, I just want as much as I can. So a lot of it's just about believing it's possible and seeing it and then starting to move in that direction, which can take a lot of different, different paths depending on where you're at. Okay. That's definitely insightful. Now, what about we're moving along and we've got certain things going for ourselves and we decide we need a little help <laughs> and it's time for us to delegate. What's the best way to start delegating and not become overwhelmed through our delegation? Sure. So the simplest way is to do it a little bit at a time, very precisely and measure each experiment. So what we don't want to do is what I call scud delegation. I did that. It's okay. It's almost like a teenager. I'm not doing this. I'm going to ping everything and put on my credit card and everything should work out. And I told them once to do it, darn it. And, and then a month later, two months later, six months later, whatever it is, oh, they didn't do it. I have to end up doing it myself. Anyway, mm, yes. and I spent the money. <laughs> now it's on my credit card, which you know, can happen. Right. And that's very different than, okay, I have nailed down how to do this specific task. Mm -hmm. And I've done it enough times. I've done it 10 times, 15 times, 20 times to where I know what that task is. I know how to do it. And even more importantly, I know that task does something. Because if it doesn't do anything, then that's a waste. I, when I first started delegating, I was following a lot of the best advice of some of the best podcasters. And it took me 10 hours to produce an episode. And I delegated that 10 hours of work, or at least about eight hours. Now it takes me about three and a half to four because about six hours of that work doesn't need to be done. It just doesn't get me results. It might get other people results, but it doesn't get me results. So I want to be very clear with each project to say, okay, let's say I hire somebody on Upwork, one of the freelancing sites. I'll say, okay, I need these, let's say social media images done. And I don't need two weeks of work. I don't need a month of work. I want you to take two hours. And here's my site. Here's what it's about. Make me as many high quality images as you can. And intentionally, I will leave it very open-ended and intentionally vague in my description. People say, well, Wade, why would you do that? I'm clear about what I want. I want social media images that are going to generate interest, but I don't want to have to teach some. 
again, there's a, when I'm hiring, for me, when I'm hiring a freelancer, I believe I'm hiring somebody that does it literally better than I do. Mm-hmm. Not somebody who is doing something, well, you know what, I'm too cool to do this, so now you do it. Either A, I have a process, which is totally killing it, in which case then I do say, okay, here's exactly how you do it. Do not deviate from this. Or the second one, which I prefer is, I'm not an expert in SEO, in this, in that. So here's where I'm looking. You're supposed to be the expert. I'll pay you the three to five bucks extra per hour compared to the person who's the beginner. And I want you to get the result from me so that I don't even have to fully learn the whole process. So again, that even distinction between delegating to the lowest dollar per hour person who needs you to teach them and then needs you to, in essence, raise them. I don't know. It's close thing I think of as like, dating somebody who doesn't know how to meet your needs. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, I, I remember I once asked her, what do you want? She's like, I want you to not have to ask me what I want. Right. Okay. And as, as a you know, teenager, I'm like, I'm so confused. And then as you get older, <laughs> you're like, okay, if there's not, a, you know, if there's alignment, then you don't have to ask that. And if you do, then it's a lot harder. So with each project, if I can risk 50 bucks, hundred bucks, and I've been very clear, I'm only willing to risk this amount. And here's what I'm looking for from you. Then when I get back to work, then I can go and, and see where I go from there. So that first bit of work, I am paying them. I'm not asking for anything for free. I value people's time. I'm not, I'll never ask for anything for free. And even if they offer, I'll say, nope, I want to pay you for your time. But it's an audition. Mm-hmm. Perry Marshall in his book, 8020 Sales and Marketing, talks about this with hiring people. You don't hire them and later find out they can do the job. You do an audition. You say, can you do these things? So if you were setting appointments for me, I'd say, or I thought you were going to be an appointment setter, I'd say, great, here's this list here's an hour. I'm going to pay you for an hour of your time. I'll even pay you bonuses as I would anybody else. If you get appointments to show, let's see how many you can get done. I'm giving you a floor. You're definitely getting paid no matter what. You come back and you have no appointment set and you've made 25 calls. Okay. Zero times 40 hours is still going to be zero. That's not a good investment. So it it doesn't feel fun, the scientific experiment way, because we want to just check it off and be like, I'm so done with this. But if we do it that way, it's usually going to cost way more. And again, then that wasted money ends up costing you more time. And you're now actually in a, in, in a worse situation than had you not done it in the first place. And that's where that belief of why well, I should have not done it. I shouldn't have delegated. I should have done it in myself the first time because you didn't do it right. You didn't do it well. You did it or just not informed enough. So in that specific instance, yes, you were better off in that micro instance if you take a few experiments, then eventually you'll learn that process. Because if Bill Gates were still doing tech support, you couldn't grow Microsoft. You've <laughs> got to get somebody else involved. Exactly. And I think that's a great example for sure. Now, Wade, you, we've talked about it and I know everybody's listening to the show so they can figure out a way to actually have a sustainable three-day weekend lifestyle, not just an occasional situation, but a three-day weekend lifestyle. What are your keys in order to, for anyone that's listening right now, what can they do to say, okay, this is what I can implement in my life and make this happen? Okay. So the first thing is you have to live well within your means. And that's like the worst, most boring answer ever. I know, but it's true. So what I'd ask everybody to consider that's listening is if right now, let's say you're an employer, or even if you're an entrepreneur, if somebody came to you and said, I can guarantee that you can make 80% of the income you working four days a week, let's say you're working five, so literally just 20% less time, and you'll have weekends off, can you afford to do that? Right, right. Now, you would say, okay, but I want to make more. Okay, we're, we're going to get to making more, but some people are living at, they're spending 105% or 110% of what they're making, 120% of what they're making. Well, then literally you'll never get there. And 
from that baseline of saying, okay, I've got to live within my means. And then you start looking at certain things of, okay, what is the difference between a $25,000 SUV and a $75,000 SUV? For the most part, let's say a Honda versus a BMW, not a whole heck of a lot mm -hmm. as far as function. Now, as far as form and beauty and speed and other things that are very important to some people, and there's no knock on that. Yeah, that's a big deal. So clearly, as you can tell, that's not one of my, I, that doesn't matter to me because the time is more important to me in that particular situation. Okay. So if you first get clear about that, and then you start saying, okay, I can start making the most of the time I have right now already, the money I already have. So if you're wasting your time, if you're coming home from work and you're spending your time doing things that by your definition, not mine, but by your definition are a waste of time, if all you're doing is watching Netflix for three to four hours when you come home and going to sleep and rinse and repeat and starting again, you're not gonna be motivated to free up more time because you're gonna say, I'm just gonna waste that time. So making the most of the time you already have and then looking for, if you're an employee, starting to talk to your employer in the language of what result would I need to get in order for me to be worth enough that you'd be open to either A, giving me an ongoing four-day workweek situation or giving me a chance, which this second one is safer for you, is what's the result I could get this month that next month you'd give me all the Fridays off mm. and next month out. So now you're not taking a risk. You're actually saying, wait, let me get this straight. You're more engaged. Yes, I'm more engaged. And by the way, I want to help you, Mr. and Mrs. Employee, employer. I understand that your biggest pain point is employee turn. And I'm not threatening you, by the way, in any way. I'm not saying I'm about to leave. But what I'm saying is I want to stay here a long time. I don't want to have to go look for 10 other jobs to be happy. But this three-day weekend thing is important to me. And I know for you that consistency and results and income for the business and not having to retrain people is key for you because that's how you, you became a business owner so you could have lifestyle. And there's probably nothing more painful to a business owner than having to retrain somebody for six months after hiring somebody that didn't work out for three months to do something that somebody else left a year ago. <laughs> and you're like, I did all this to get back to zero, to, to ground zero. So you say, here's what I'm looking to do. I'd like to learn how to be worth more. I'm not looking for, I asked one of my friends, if your employees could get five days worth of results in four days, would you give them that fifth day off? He said, yeah, Wade, maybe. He says, but there's nothing in it for me. He says, if you tell me they're getting six days worth of results in four days, I'll pay them for five. See now, and in yeah. some sort of situation where we're both gaining and I'm now looking out for you. And again, that's why this very specifically with employers, if you say, look, I want to figure out a way how to earn the income or get the result that allows it to be smooth as anything for you to have me take time off. And again, I don't need guarantees. Children need guarantees. Athletes that get injured get need guarantees. The ones that want to say, I don't need the guarantee every month or every quarter, I'll earn it for the next time. And if I miss, no problem. Now I'm even more motivated. I already was, by the way, but you didn't know that. So I'm more motivated to get the result. And really the same process applies to your business. If you, as the business owner, understand what your income goal is, where you say, okay, here's what's going to happen. There are going to be times where I'm going to be busy as anything. And as an entrepreneur, if I'm in scarcity mindset, I'm going to be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I better take all this business before it goes away. And so I'm not going to be able to give myself any sort of time off. And then when business slows down, am I going to relax if I'm in scarcity? Nope. I'm going to say, oh my God, there's never going to be business again. And right. so I can never relax. So there is a point where you need to be able to say, if you want to have this kind of lifestyle, and, and it's not even so much, it's even forget the word lifestyle, because it's not like, it's not like lifestyles, the rich and famous. I'm not hanging out with Robin Leach. <laughs> 
It's Come on, Wade. Now you know you're exa- hanging out. I, with can, I can't tell you that. I can't, he's, he's, he's nervous about that. But it's, it's about being able to literally listen to your kids when they come home from school and be fully present and hear them enough to the point where you can hear the pros and cons as to why, for example, my son believes that many of today's rappers actually are as good lyrically as the rappers back from my generation, which is a whole different conversation. (laughs) Like I said, we we won't go into, but he then, I actually listened to a few, listened to Juice World, a couple of people like, okay, there are a few. And oh, and hey dad, by the way, did you know Juice World? Two of his favorite inspirations are the police and Blink-182, two of my favorite. So it's okay, that doesn't happen if I'm too freaked out worrying about where the next sale's coming from because I've got the wrong clients, because I can't live within my means. See, all this, it's a cumulative thing. And so in the simplest way, if you're, especially if you're an entrepreneur, decide that this month you're going to work one less hour per week than you did last month Mm. and then do it again the next month and get the same results or make more. And if you don't know how much you work, take a week and track exactly how you do your time. But don't just leave empty space there. Put something there. Like when we're going on vacation, we know I've got to get on vacation. So I need to get this done because I've got this great reason. When we Mm -hmm. don't have a great reason, we show up Friday and we say, everybody else is working. I'm bored. There's nothing else to do. I might as well just work. And that's when we do some of our worst work because there's no motivation. There's no inspiration. We don't even have to do it. And anything will do as opposed to, you know what, I'm going to get in four really good days of work and I'm going to focus and I'm going to, it's going to force me to drop the, the vanity work, the, well, I just got the things that make us feel busy, the things that make us feel important or rechecking our podcast or our YouTube stats 10 times a day or whatever <laughs> it might be, which I've done that. I still do that sometimes, but when I do that, I'm back in my stats. They didn't change in the last, oh, wait, you mean I actually have to do something to increase the stats, not just hit refresh, right. I actually have to get off my butt. And so that's the part that starts making it happen. But in, in my case, it took me 22 years to, from after I graduated college to make this happen because I wasn't as clear about it. And then a few friends challenged me to say, wait, if you really want to teach this, if you want to live this, if you want to do this, you've got to be able to help people by you first being the example that does it. And if you want to teach your kids about being effective and being powerful in the use of their time and valuing themselves and valuing their time and valuing themselves in relationships, and it's all the same. It's not necessarily self-esteem in the tragic way of, oh gosh, you have low self-esteem. But when we allow ourselves to work with clients who aren't the best for us, when we allow ourselves to have our time dictated by somebody else, and not because we love them, that's different when you say, oh, Johnny or Susie wants to do this, or my son wants me to from cars, Sally with the cone on her head. Uh, He's three (laughs) years old and he has, yes, 17 to 20 flipping cars next to him. And I get to be Sally with a cone on their head. Again, (laughs) no offense to Sally, but that's me choosing as a parent to say, I'm investing time with my child. That's very different than petulant, pain in the butt, or even petulant child. That's no, I'm sorry. I don't have time for your tantrum. Go to your room, go do whatever. You can have Sally. I'm taking the other cars, whatever it might be. (laughs) So a lot of it is just how much we value ourselves. And again, it doesn't mean we have, why people have a hard time with things. Oh, so if I don't make a thousand an hour more, I have low self-esteem. Nope. You just have lower perhaps than you could, or you're not perhaps even creating it at a high level. You might be doing work that's not worth a thousand an hour or two fifty an hour or 50. So that's part of it too, is the market, but just being clear that life is so much more important than any result, any sale. And think about again, think of the five to 10 most important powerfully impactful, positive things that have happened in your life, getting married, having kids, whatever it might be, could be getting divorced, who knows, depending on your situation, whatever it is, but what are those things? And most of them 
didn't happen inside work. And for the entrepreneurs, you just, I started my business. Okay. That's one of them. But once they get past a couple of things, and I made my first sale, a couple of things, like, okay, what else? I was able to do this because of my business. I was able to have time with this person because of my business. I was able to have a month off because of my business. And so if we're clear about what's most important to us, a lot of the other stuff will, will fall into line because the world is a lot more moldable, mm -hmm. uh, especially today than we realize it. Yes, I completely agree with that. And so much has changed. And yes, we can definitely go down a whole rabbit hole on uh, rap today. And rap <laughs> we can definitely go down that rabbit hole. But I was going to ask you your productivity secrets. But I believe that you shared so many nuggets of how to be more productive and actually really working smarter and not harder, looking at some of the key or your KPIs, looking at some of yep. your, your game changers and focusing and just drilling in on that and being okay with not work and having that balance and that integration of life and family and travel and all of the other amazing things that we can do with that extra time that we are not shoved into work. And I also think that helps with our creativity. Don't you think when you have extra time to not just be thrown into work that you're more creative to work better? Absolutely. There's so much science around it. It's combined. It aligns with a lot of the stuff around getting enough sleep. We are more rested where our, our brain gets to make connections. When we sleep, our brain makes certain connections of ideas and thoughts. It, you know, it ties it to stuff we've learned in the past. And the simplest example is if a pro athlete was about to say, hey, I've got the Super Bowl coming up or whatever it might be, we would tell them, what do we do the, the, the two or three days before? Do you go out there and, and get really super tired? No, you rest. Right. But we, for some reason, think that in the mental dimension, in the, the information that we can just go forever and have there not be a consequence. And that's just simply not accurate. The science doesn't support it. Yes, that's so true. So true. Wade, you've given us so much, but of course we've got to ask for a little bit more in our mentoring moment segment. So this is just when I give you a question so we can mentor all of our listeners. So tell us if you had a hundred dollars to your name and you had to start all over with your business, what would you do? Wow. Okay. I would put the hundred dollars. I'd First of all, I'd, I would not use a credit card. I, that's still one of the biggest mistakes. So I'd say, I definitely wouldn't do that. I'd still, mm -hmm. no problem, don't need credit. I would look for, I'd put the $100 in my pocket or somewhere safe. Uh, I mm -hmm. need that to eat. And I would look for the person who's most closely doing the work I want to be doing. And I would ask if I could mentor with them. Mm -hmm. And I would do my best, of course, say, hey, you know what? I don't got a place to stay or I don't this. I mean, I, you know, whether I had a place to stay or not, I'd say, okay, figure, figure that out. But in essence, look for the people who are doing it and I'd go work for them. So this is where a lot of people have this whole, I don't trade your hours for dollars. At some point you need to be an apprentice. Mm -hmm. You don't just show up knowing it. When I started my consulting business, I was able to, even though my plan A failed miserably and I went through $60,000 from training, that's not good training, but that my timing was wrong and I just didn't have the, the wisdom. I was able to start my consulting business right away, but it's because I had 15 years in an industry. And I called up some of the people I used to work with and said, Hey, what can I help you with? And it, it just basic consulting. What, what do you need? Literally it was just that simple. But again, had I no apprentice, no work, no experience, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So while I very much believe in the entrepreneur's journey and the rugged individualist, and we're taking on the world and we're all that somewhere you need to learn from somebody that's really powerful and, and not their paid course. No offense to the paid course. I've paid courses. The paid course is not the same as interning with them. Even if you literally have to say, okay, 
I guess maybe I would use the credit card if I needed to, to for a couple months to, but to intern and then say, okay, so how can I do this and watch what they do? That's where I would start. And and again, but I wouldn't be buying courses and I'm a course creator. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I'd be getting my books from the library because if you're not willing to read the $10, you're not going to implement the $3,000 course. You're so right. Oh my goodness. Yes, Wade, that is so powerful. And I love those tips. And I know that our listeners will love them as well. So please let everyone know. I'm going to have your information in the show notes, but please let everyone know how to best contact you. Sure. If they want to see uh, the books I've written on parenting, personal finance, spirituality, that sort of stuff, they can go to wadegalt.com. And if they want to learn more specifically about creating a three-day weekend lifestyle, there's a community we have, the first part of it, the first level of it's free. It's called Three Day Weekend Club. So you can go to 3dayweekendclub.com and we'll teach you what it is that can help you start creating more time freedom, more money freedom, more time to do the things you love and create a greater impact and enjoy the people and the activities that are most important. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I cannot wait to hear everyone's results when they start implementing some of these practices that you've given us. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. I look forward to hearing the feedback and doing whatever I can do to serve. Thank you. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.